Welcome to Moment for Mission. This is Fred Foy Strang, and I'm your host on this journey. I'm glad you're joining me for this podcast series, Moment for Mission. Today we're going to explore some thoughts surrounding the question, what is your mission? To begin, as I promised in many episodes, I'm going to give you a fun Fred Foy fact. You might as well know a little bit about me. Well, I've had lots of education. A BA at Furman, two master's degrees from Princeton and Reform Seminary, two doctoral degrees, one from Reformed and the other from the University of Edinburgh in Scotland. Phew, that's a lot of schooling. Let's begin today with this thought. The first step to being a person or organization on mission is simply to have a mission. Now, I know, I know that sounds so simple and elementary, but it's really vital. You'd be surprised at how many people I visit and organizations that I consult that have no mission at all. Or if they do have one, it's antiquated, unknown, unimportant to their day-to-day, week-to-week, year-to-year happenings. Remember from last time, I said direction is important. Yes, I know that simple idea too. But ask yourself, do I know where I am heading today and why? So what do you think of when you hear the word mission? In our previous episode, I gave a few dictionary definitions. Today, let's go just a little bit further. When I think of mission, I think of that old TV series from the 1960s, Mission Impossible. Jim Phelps was the head of the IMF, Mission Impossible Force, which took on covert operations using state-of-the-art technology. A famous tagline from that show was, Your mission, Jim, if you choose to accept it, is... The classic TV series was remade into the popular modern movie, Mission Impossible. My age is telling here, maybe you only remember the Tom Cruise version of the story. Either way, the mission of these special teams was a challenging and unique job. It took every energy and ability of the protagonist to succeed. The risks were great. The way was hard and persevering, putting forth their best effort. The rewards were immeasurable. When I think of mission, I think of one of my family members who served as a Navy pilot during a conflict. He spoke of his flying assignments as a mission. It was a task he had to accomplish, often under perilous circumstances. It was serious business. In a future episode, I'm going to interview this cousin to hear how his mind worked to focus, to execute, to succeed on a mission. When I think of mission, I think of my own situation where my wife Cecily and I served the church in East Africa as missionary, one who is appointed and sent out to undertake a specific task or a mission in a particular area among a certain people for a certain time. It's not easy, 
It takes a lot of sacrifice, and many people don't understand the what and the why. But we see it as a calling, and that sharpens our focus. So what about you? What are you thinking? In subsequent conversations, I'll explore some of the nuts and bolts and how-tos of developing and defining a mission. But for today, I really want to try to allow our mind and our heart to make some connections. I was at a men's fellowship meeting the other week. The speaker was trying to motivate us and inspire us. He asked us what he thought was a rhetorical question. Guys, what gets you up in the morning? Without hesitation, an older gentleman in the front spoke up loudly in a beautiful, albeit thick, British accent. I have to get the wife or die. Translation, I have to get the wife her tea. The speaker was a bit taken back with the comment and didn't really know how to connect such a seemingly simple and mundane act to his motivational speech. I thought the comment was absolutely brilliant. Why? Well, I've gotten to know this British expat, and he's an interesting fellow. He's done lots of amazing things in his life. He persevered as an expat in a hostile environment to successfully start, manage, and eventually sell a profitable business. He built and he drove safari vehicles and off-road rally races. He was a bush pilot, assisting in the delivery of supplies to remote and needy regions. Now in his upper 70s, he finds great purpose and satisfaction and joy in being a husband, a father, a grandfather, and getting the wife or tie. Maybe I like this story because I can relate. For years, I found pleasure in bringing my wife a cup of tea to the bedside in the morning. So you can just call me the tea whisperer. (laughs) It's often in those simple things where we can find the most meaning purpose, and even sometimes profit. I've often been so enamored and enticed by the grand, the bold, the big, the seemingly lucrative, that I have missed opportunities God placed right in front of me. For the past 30 some odd years, I've had a bookmark in my Bible, lovingly cross-stitched by Cecily, which reminds me of this truth. I keep it there, because I need to constantly remind myself of its message. It reads this, Lord, teach us joy in simple things. Of course, some of us are given amazing opportunities to do some really grand things. I have a forthcoming podcast on mission, go big or go home. Now, in my mind, these concepts are not contradictory, but merely different aspects of the same story. My mission which may surface from time to time in various manifestations. But it's helpful for me to be aware that at some points along my journey, I need to focus in on the simple and the straightforward, while at other times, I need to pour my energies into something ambitious, something that's far-reaching. When we consider the question, what is my mission? I think we need to consider much more than simply the making of money. Now, don't get me wrong. Money, or as we often refer to it in our family, moolah, is very important. We all have needs, all have obligations, and certainly all have wants. Remember that famous Christmas movie with Jimmy Stewart? It's a Wonderful Life. 
There's a great scene where Clarence the Angel, who's sent to help George Bailey, played by Stuart, has no money to buy a drink as he remarks, We don't need money in heaven. George responds, Well, it comes in pretty handy down here, bub. <laughs> that being said, I think that a mission needs to be larger than only making money. The Sermon on the Mount is considered by Christians and non-Christian scholars alike as one of the most profound and authentic orations of Jesus. Jesus knew the life tensions of which we speak today way back in the first century. There was a need for a balance between provision for ourselves, our family, our business, and the higher callings of humanity to make an impact in this world for good. In the message version of Matthew 6.33, we read this. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find your everyday human concerns will be met. Of course, everyone's mission is not going to be in some form of ministry, mission, or service work. We all have unique gifts, talents, skills, and abilities. The point today is that your mission needs to be bigger than you. Our mission needs to connect both our head and our heart. Think about it. What is your mission? Is it bigger than you? How does it engage your mind? How does it engage your heart? Frederick Beekner wrote this. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. This is Dr. Fred Foystrang. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.